Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Kristen Kenny from Red Bull Global Rallycross, and you're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. Hello and welcome to the July 23rd edition of Speedway Digest, Thursday Night Thunder, the most hardcore motorsports program on the internet. This is episode 185 of the series. I'm your host, Adam Jason Sinclair, and on tonight's program, we'll be discussing the past couple weeks of racing, previewing upcoming action, and discussing whatever other topics pop into the conversation. First off, I'd like to apologize for all of our Loyal listeners, our co-host Michael Malali Capallo is not going to be with us this evening as she is traveling back home from a day at Silverwood Amusement Park in Idaho. So she is almost back to her to her home there in Afreda, but she has a little ways to go, so we're going to be doing it solo this evening. Let's go ahead and get started with some news from the National Hot Rod Association, shall we? The final rounds of Lucas Oil NHRA Summer Nationals in Indianapolis at the Lucas Oil Raceway Park have been delayed due to inclement weather. After a lengthy rain delay before the finals in Top Fuel and Funny Car, the NHRA Miller Yellow Drag Racing Series officials announced that the fourth race of the 2020 season will be completed during the Stenso Spark Plugs NHRA U.S. Nationals, which takes place September 3rd through the 6th, back at Lucas Oil Raceway. In Top Fuel, the first-time winner will be crowned as TJ Zizzo and rookie Justin Ashley both advanced to the final round for the first time in their careers. After qualifying eighth in this 11,000-horsepower Rustonian-powered dragster, Zizzo reached the final with victories against Terry Totten, Todd Patton, and Terry McMillan. Ashley continued to impress during his stand of the season, advancing to his first final round in the Strutmasters Menard dragster with victories against Sean Langdon, points leader Doug Coletta, and Leah Pruitt. Langdon and Pruitt both passed guests on the program. Zizzo or Ashley will also become the 109th different top fuel winner in NHRA history. Funny car point leader Jack Beckman will meet Don Schumacher racing teammate Matt Hagen in the final round. Beckman, who qualified sixth in his 11,000 horsepower infant hero foundation Dodge Charger SRT Hellcat, knocked off Chad Green, Tim Wilkerson, and teammate Tommy Johnson Jr. to reach his 66th final career win and third in 2020. He'd be seeking his second win this year. Hagen, who won the race weekend last week in Indianapolis, advanced to a 60-second final round in his Mopar Dodge Charger SRT Hellcat Red Eye, thanks to the victories against teammate Ron Caps, J.R. Todd, and the number one qualifier. Hagen is after his 35th career win. The matchup also ensures the seventh straight victory in the class for DSR, dating back to last season. The final round of the E3 Spark Plugs and NHRA Pro Mod Drag Racing Series will also be completed at the U.S. Nationals and will award a first-time winner in that class. Jason Scruggs and Chad Green both advanced the final round of the first race of the 2020 season in class, with Scruggs securing this first round in the NHRA Pro Mod competition. He knocked off Bo Butner, Mike Castellana, and Clint Satterfield to reach the finals in his blown Scruggs Farm Camaro. Green advanced to his third final round in his nitrous-powered Bond coach Chevrolet Corvette, Chevrolet Corvette, with wins against Todd Tuttero, Brian Snyder, and Chris Thorne. NHRA Melio Drag Racing Series continues August 6th through the 9th with the NHRA Indy Nationals at Lucas Oil Raceway in Indianapolis. Should be a great race weekend 
and it takes place in another two weeks. Are you a race car driver, crew chief, pit member, track owner? Maybe you're just a huge fan of the sport. Contact either Michael Mullally, Capallo, or myself to get your spot on the show. After all, you deserve your 15 minutes of fame, and we'd love to hear from you. Defending NTT IndyCar Series champion Joseph Newgarden, Rogue Iowa Speedway might just be his best racetrack on the schedule as he put on dominating performance Saturday night to win race two of the Iowa IndyCar 250s at, at Iowa, the doubleheader. Newgarden became the first IndyCar driver to win at Iowa Speedway from the pole, easily driving to his first win of the season and 15th of his career in the number one Hitachi Team Penske Chevrolet. It's the first time Newgarden has won a race since capturing last year's race at Iowa. 363 days ago. Two-time series champion Newgarden beat teammate Will Powers, number 12 Verizon Team Penske Chevrolet, to the checkered flag by 2.7869 seconds, averaging at 135.9 miles per hour. Newgarden's win completed a sweep at the doubleheader on the 7th 8th mile by Team Penske, as Simon Pagino won Friday night after starting dead last. Newgarden is no stranger to success at Iowa Speedway. He earned the third win at Iowa of his career, with his previous wins coming in 2016 and 2019. The track is now tied with Barbara Morrisburg Park as Newgarden's winningest racetrack. He also solidified his position as the, nine, as the all-time lap leader in Iowa, with 1,115 laps, a total padded by 214 of 250 laps that he led on Saturday night. Rounding out the top three behind Newgarden and power was Graham Rahal, scoring the second podium of the season in the number 15 high V Honda. Pagano finished fourth in number 22 in our team Penske Chevrolet after starting last and five-time series champion Scott Dixon, last night's runner-up, Friday night's runner-up, finished fifth in the number nine PNC Bank Chip Ganassi Race Conda after starting 18th in the 23-car field. Newgarden's determined drive victory lane started from the drop of the green flag. He led the first 56 laps and only relinquished the lead during a green flag pit stop cycle. He retook the lead on lap 63 and held on until the next round of green flag pit stops came at lap 106. Two-time NTT IndyCar Series champion Newcurtain faced the strongest challenge from Pat O'Award, the 2018 Indy Lights champion and past guest on the program. I believe he's been on here three times now. Award started the race 12th and quickly charged the front, settling into second position on lap 67. Award kept his number five Errol McLaren SP Chevrolet in Newcurtain's rearview mirror for a large chunk of the night, closing the apps to win half a second just past the halfway point in the race. But Awards had a slow pit stop on lap 172 that ruined his chances of challenging Newcurtain for the win. Award and his team attempted to cut Newgarden and pit early, hoping the fresh Firestone tires would put Award ahead of Newgarden. During the stop, the car was dropped from the track before the rescue tire could be secured. Award drove off and stopped just past his box. His team then rolled him back into the pit to secure the tire, but a chance he had to challenge Newgarden for the win was over. In up finishing 12th, the first driver won lap down. Shortly after Award's pit road mishap, the second caution of the night came out on lap 180. As three-time Iowa winner Ryan Hunter Ray lost control of his number 28 DHL Honda exiting pit lane and hit the inside wall. The 2012 Series champion's night was ended, and he ended up finishing in 22nd position. Hunter Ray's incident didn't deter Newgarden as he indeed drove away from the field on lap 193 restart and never looked back. The performance elevated Newgarden into third in the series standings, 53 points behind points leader Dixon and four points behind second place Pagano. The NTT IndyCar Series drives in a two-week break after a grueling stretch of five races in three weekends. The series will be back in action Sunday, August 9th for the Honda AB200 at Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course in Lexington, Ohio. We're standing by for our first guest of the evening. Let's go ahead and take a brief 
break here and listen to a selection from Ron Pastana and the Pit Crew. One second here. This is Fence Kids.
Once again, that was Ron Fasana and the Pit Crew with Fence Kids. You can find them by searching for Ron Fasana and the Pit Crew in your favorite web browser. They have several songs available for download. Be sure to check them out. Kaiser. Kaiser started karting at the age of four. Throughout his current career, he won multiple races and championships. In 2017, at the age of 14, Kaiser attended driving school and regained racing larger-bodied cars. In 2018 and 2019, Max Kaiser competed in the Rocky Mountain Divisional Formula F Championship. In 2018, he captured the championship and became the 2018 Rookie of the Year. In 2019, he became a two-time champion and the 2019 Mid-States Formula F Conference Champion. This year, Max competing in the U.S. Formula 2000 with Miller Benetieri Motorsports and hopes to re- return to the championship ways of the past couple of years. We are currently standing by for Max to call in. He should be calling in any moment now. Hopefully he calls in soon. But we do have lots of good things set up for the next few weeks. We're going to end up having a a great show next week. Uh, Michael Mullally will be taking a little bit more control of the program next week. She's going to be doing the script and working on trying to get us a good guest from the Pacific Northwest. So if any of you guys are listening, or girls are listening out there in the Pacific Northwest, and you're interested in being on the show, please contact Michael Mullally Capello next week, sometime between the, this today and, and early next week, and get your spot on the show. We'd love to hear from you. I know there's a lot of people out there racing the... Uh, Used to race in the Freedom Motorsports Park. Now might race at the Wenatchee Super Oak or one of the other racetracks in that area. So be sure to to give us a shout, and we can have you on the program. We'd love to hear from you. Once again, we're now pleased to welcome Max Kaiser to the program. Hello, how are you doing this evening? Good, how are you? Not too bad, not too bad at all. First off, let me ask you, when you were growing up, who was your racing idol? I'd have to say Alex Zanardi. I mean, he's just a perfect example of never giving up no matter what the situation is. And I feel like you can always apply that to whatever you're doing, especially racing. Awesome. In the past, we've talked on the show quite a bit about the importance of sponsors in the current motorsports environment. What advice can you give up-and-coming drivers about how to get and maintain a relationship with your own sponsor? I think the biggest thing is being able to talk in front of an audience and, you know, entertain them. Like, I took speech and debate and continue to take speech and debate because it's really important to to be able to communicate their message and values. And I really appreciate the support for my current sponsors, such as Brico and NSDD. And it wouldn't be possible without being able to get in front and talking to them. What's the favorite track you've competed on? I think Mid-Ohio has to be my favorite track. It's it's a really technical track, which I like, and it has some of the best sequences of corners that you can find in in my opinion, in all of North America. How important is it finding the right team to enable you to pursue your own racing dreams? It's really important to be able to find the right team because, I mean, you have to have communication with your mechanics and your engineer so they understand what you need to improve the car and, like, help you through when you're having difficulties. And MVM's an ex- extremely good fit for me because they help help me through and make sure that I feel, you know, supported. What does a typical race weekend look like for you? A typical race weekend involves usually getting to the track and helping set up, and then it'd just be focusing on talking to the engineer on what the plan's going to be, and then trying to execute it one session at a time, whether it be a practice, a qualifying, or a race. 
I know you're still a rather young man. Is it hard to balance becoming being a teenager and being a professional race car driver? I don't know. I mean, with school and stuff, it's usually a little bit difficult, but with this online schooling now, it's kind of been a little bit easier so I can be on the road and do my school at the same time. I know the season's a little bit of an aberration and stuff like that, but what's your favorite moment you've had with the fans? I mean, it was pretty good being able to be there with fans at Road America because, you know, you can you can actually talk to them. It's cool to see how excited they are for racing being back because they have the same excitement for the sport as I do, and it's really fun to have fans there. We've had the privilege of talking to a few different uh, racing owners, uh, tra- racetrack owners, and that sort of thing this past year. Uh, if you were able to own your own racetrack, would you be interested in doing so? And what sort of racing would you promote there? I mean, I don't know. I mean, it would be cool to own my own racetrack, but it would definitely be more of open-wheel road racing sort of stuff that I'd like to promote there because that's just that's my favorite kind of stuff. But I would be open to any kind of racing, really. And my final question for you this evening, where do you see yourself in five years? Well, that depends. Is it where do I see myself or where would I like to be? A little bit of both, I suppose. Well, I mean, I'd like to still be in racing. I mean, especially if I can be in IndyCar in five years. But, I mean, it really doesn't matter as long as I'm in, I mean, if I could be in sports cars or anything, just staying in the sport for me is the most important thing in five years from now. But I'd really like to be in IndyCar. Well, um, one more question. When's your next event? Our next event is next Wednesday and Thursday at Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course. Cool. Okay. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show this evening, and good luck next week and throughout the rest of the year as well. Thank you. Thank you. Have a nice night. Thanks. You too. Once again, that was Max Kaiser, who races in the U.S. Formula 2000 Championship, currently competing for Miller, Miller Venetieri Motorsports. And he'll be racing in mid-Ohio next week. Felipe Nasser and Pepo Durrani didn't necessarily expect to could dominate the Cadillac Grand Prix of Sebring, but that's exactly what they did. Durrani started from the pole position Saturday in the number 31 Whaler Engineering Cadillac DPI VR and pulled out of the field. Nasser then took over and did much the same, crossing the finish line 36.432 seconds ahead of Ryan Briscoe to win the DPI class and finish first overall in the two-hour and 40-minute race at Sebring and National Raceway. For Nasser, who missed the Indian, the IMSA WeatherTech 240 on July 4th after testing positive for COVID-19, the victory was special. The victory was the first for the number 31 team during the 2020 IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship season, which resumed earlier this month after being delayed for more than five months because of the virus. The car finished 5th July 4th with Gabby Travis filling in for Nasser and 7th in the season opening Rolex 24 at Daytona in January. It was Durrani's 4th victory at Sebring. He previously won the over 112 hours of Sebring presented by Advanced Auto Parts three times. Briscoe tried to challenge Nasser during the second half of the race. Taking the lead in the number 10 Konica Milton Cadillac DPI VR, he shared with Ranger van der Zanda when Nasser pitted in the final 45 minutes. But when Briscoe pitted with 34 minutes remaining, Nasser took the lead and sailed away from there. Sebastian Bourdais charged up to pass Oliver Jarvis in the final lap to get the number five Mustang sampling racing at JDC Miller Motorsports Cadillac of DPIVR. He shared with the Al Barbosa a third place finish. It was their third consecutive podium result. Patrick Kelly and Spencer Pigott received a surprise after Saturday's Classic Grand Prix. 
Instead of finishing second as expected, they were declared the winner of the LM2 P2 class at Sebring International Raceway. Spencer Pickett, a past guest on the program. Its officials ruled that Henrik Edman, who shared the number one Dragon Speed USA Orca LMP207 with Gustavo Mendez, Menezes, that finished 12.258 seconds ahead of Kelly and Pickett, hadn't met the minimum drive time of 45 minutes during the two-hour and 40-minute race. I believe it was a really close thing, too, like less than less than a minute or something. It was, it was very bad, but they should have realized that. That dropped the number one card to last place in the class and awarded the class win and ninth place overall to the number 51, number 52 rather, PR1 Matthias and Rush Forza shared by Kelly and Pickett. Kelly and Pickett were congratulated the Dragon Speed drivers when they heard the ruling over the track's public address system. It's not exactly the way Pickett and Kelly wanted to win, but they'll take it anyway. It was Pickett's first win in NEMSA. He was a late replacement for Simon Trummer, who competed in the European Le Mans Series race in France this past weekend. The ruling moved the number three performance tech motorsports driven by Cameron Castles and Kyle Nassen up to second in LMP2 class. Dwight Merriman and Kyle Tilly completed the fast podium in the number 18 ERA Motorsports Orca. The season resumes July 31st to August 2nd at Road America in Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. I am hoping to make a, uh, a stop at an event before the end of the season. We're hoping to return to Sebring for the 12 hours of Sebring, which takes place, I believe, in November now. Also have a possibility of going to the race in Daytona, although not very likely. Uh, I'm also considering possibly going to the race there in Daytona in a couple of weeks. That will be the road course race for the uh, the NASCAR series. I have some feelers out for that. Have not heard back yet. Still hoping. I'll definitely be in Daytona for the event, but I may not be at the track. All those sort of things. And then finally, the biggest news in the past few weeks of uh, of motorsports is that CBS News and Superstar Racing Entertainment Experience, SRX, a new sports property created by the Montag Group, NASCAR Hall of Famers Raven Ham and Tony Stewart, and investor George Pine, have entered a multi-year partnership to produce a six-race short track series that will air Saturday nights in prime time on CBS Television Network and CBS All Access in the summer of 2021. The SRX brings an entirely new entertainment concept to the marketplace, both competitively and commercially. The series features short sprint races with a total emphasis on head-to-head competition among elite drivers from diverse racing backgrounds. Each race will include a variety of drivers, courses, and elements of reality to bring fans new and exciting stories every week across every screen. The at-track experience will be exceptional, and marketers will have flexibility, unprecedented options for exclusivity, and the ability to integrate end-to-end broadcast, digital, track, and team efficiently and effectively. The leadership team designed all of this based on the decades of experience building best-in-class motorsports entertainment properties worldwide. Legendary and iconic drivers and mechanics from all the world's top circuits, including Stuart and Ebernham, as well as rising stars, will compete on various short tracks around the country. There will be approximately 90 minutes of racing time within a two-hour television window. Races will have no pit stops, but a half-time, where drivers and crew chiefs will make adjustments and strategy decisions. The TV production will feature all of the behind-the-scenes and human drama that comes with high-intensity competition. CBS Sports Broadcast coverage will be available to stream via the CBS All Action Subscription Service. Should be interested to see how that goes. There have been rumors it's going to be more like the uh, the Race of Champions. There's all sorts of uh, rumors about who's going to be competing. I've heard everything from uh, Tony Stewart himself to the chance of Dale Earnhardt Jr. coming in, Jeff Gordon, possibly Tony Kanaan, who we've entered a few moments ago, who races in IMSA, in IMSA and in IndyCar. Mostly in IndyCar, he is on his last season in the IndyCar series. He was the uh, the Grand Marshal of the IndyCar race this past weekend. 
So there's all sorts of options for, for different things. People have said it's going to be competition for NASCAR. It's definitely not. It's a really – it's a six-race summertime series. It's going to be more like a race of champions type thing. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. Um, if for any of you who have seen the World of Champions race before um, or even the IROC series, you probably have some idea of what to expect. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they do it, whether they do it in a, a strictly a, a short track type NASCAR series where they incorporate obstacles and that sort of thing as some other series in the past is on, where they all keep it in the same car. Um, there's all sorts of things they could do that would be interesting and different and something that people would be interested in watching. Um, but we'll see how it goes. It's still really, really early in the process, and they have just basically teased what the uh, what their ideas are. We're hoping to have some uh, some more input in the next few weeks, and it'll be cool to see how that goes. As I stated, I am going to be heading out to Daytona in a couple of weeks. Uh, more than likely, it won't be to the track, but it will be through the area. So we'll see how that goes. Um, next weekend, uh, since Michael took her little trip to an amusement park yesterday in Idaho, uh, Silverwood, I will be heading up to Disney's Hollywood Studios, which has recently reopened. I believe it reopened one week ago, yesterday. Um, so that'll be cool to see how that is. I know that it is the COVID-19 pandemic still going on, uh, but it seems like Disney is probably just as safe as your regional grocery store, if not safer. Um, so it'll be one of those all mask experiences. There is a chance that certain attractions and things will not be open, which I'm aware of and I'm fine with, especially because the, uh, the tickets I got were not tickets I paid for. They were complimentary tickets. They're media tickets. Um, they're actually VIP all-access tickets, so I'm trading them in for a minimum access. But it's one of those sort of things that the uh, this sort of thing doesn't happen ever in the past. Um, so we have to go up there and see what it's like. We have to try and document it for ourselves and for posterity and also for our readers at uh, for Borplum's Fantastic Finds. So be sure to check that out. Um, to throw in a little bit of a more sports connection, as most of you probably know, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge there at Hollywood Studios replaced the Lights Motor Action Stunt Show, which took place there in the back lot area of Hollywood Studios for more than a decade. We have had one of the drivers from the uh, the Lights Motor Action Stunt Show on this program in the past, and that was pretty awesome. Uh, we did get to see that show when it was there. We saw it a few times. Uh, the latest time was just before it closed forever. Um, but I am a huge Star Wars fan, probably a little bit more than I am a NASCAR fan. Um, probably maybe not a lot more than I am a general racing fan. But So it'll be really awesome to see how Star Wars is interpreted by the Walt Disney Company there at, at the park. I am a huge fan of Star Tours and other things like that. So I will go on Star Tours again probably before I go on. Rise of the Resistance, probably definitely before going Rise of the Resistance, and uh, and before I'd re I travel on Smuggler's Run. So, if any of you have been on uh, any of the new attractions there at the Studios, uh, be sure to, to check me out on Twitter at PB Happening and let me know how you how you liked it there. Uh, I am really looking forward to it. But I think it'll be it'll be a different experience because of the current restrictions, but it'll be pretty cool. Uh, we were planning on heading out there to Disney in April for an entire week. Um, we wouldn't have had the, the show at that time. We've been in sort of a spring break type thing, um, which actually ended up being part of that, but that's all related to the COVID-19 thing. Uh, 
So, and that was canceled, of course, the park closed, the hotels closed, everything closed. So, it's now starting to reopen. Uh, no matter how you feel about that, it is a good thing. Um, it's good for the economy, good for, for people's psyches, that sort of thing. Um, so, and as long as you're safe and you, you don't do anything really stupid, everything will work out just fine. As I stated, if you're interested in being on the show in the future, please contact either Michael, Molly, or myself. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we do have some guests slated for the next few weeks. We're hoping to have uh, Tim Despain from the Pit Stop with uh, Tim Despain and Stephen Wilson on this program sometime in the next couple of weeks to try and, and uh, wrap up a little bit of NASCAR news because there's been a lot of developments in NASCAR, and his show has been off the air for about as long as we were, uh, roughly roughly four months. So there we go, three or four months. I'm happy we are back in the air. I'm happy to have you listening to the show, and I hope that you enjoyed it. I also hope that you're going to take the time to tune in to the NASCAR event this evening. If not, maybe you got your DVR going because it's supposed to be a great race. Be sure to check out past episodes of Thursday Night Thunder as well as the other shows on the Speedway Digest Radio Network, which there aren't any at the moment, but whatever, <laughs> at blogtalkradio.com slash speedwaydigestradio. There are archives of every show that's ever recorded of this episode and other episodes on the on the pro, on the uh, network, as well as the uh, the pit stop radio and the show that they had the uh, Rowdy Maglite show um, and a few others that are also on the network. So be sure to check that out. You can also check out the show on Facebook by searching for Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder in the search bar, or simply by going to Facebook.com/slash SD Thursday Night Thunder, all one word. I also invite you to read the articles covering all aspects of motorsports at SpeedwayDigest.com. Recently, I've updated the racing news section a little bit. I've had some time, um, so be sure to check that out. I do have a full recap of the event at Pikes Peak in National Raceway, so be sure to check that out as well. That will be posted, if not today, then tomorrow or sometime this weekend. In addition, if you're a fan of South Florida and who isn't, be sure to check out the latest news and information about our slice of paradise at my site, Football Plums Fantastic Finds. It can be found on Facebook, Twitter, at TB Happen is the easiest way to find that, and by heading to Football Plums, that's F A B O R, F A B O R P L U M B S, Fantastic Finds.wordpress.com. Once again, we'd like to thank you for listening to our little program here, and we look forward to seeing you again next week in the Thunderdome as we discuss the major issues in the world of modern auto racing. Have a great night, and thanks again. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.